Welcome to another episode of Pimp Your Brilliance with Monique Malcolm, a podcast about brilliant people leveraging their passions to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the course of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast or come hang out with me on Instagram at starchasersonly. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, Star Chasers, this is Pimp Your Brilliance, episode number four. You can find the show notes for this episode at keepchasingthestars.com backslash four. Today's special guest is Tara Jefferson Pringle of the Bloom Beautifully Box and the Renaissance Suite. Tara is a writer, speaker, and self-care coach who specializes in helping women cut through the clutter of their lives and plant themselves back at the center. As the founder of the Bloom Beautifully Box, a subscription box that delivers self-care to your door, she is determined to start a movement that cancels chaos and creates a peace for women everywhere. This has been one of my favorite interviews so far. Tara shared so much wisdom about self-care and how to love yourself better, how to take better care of yourself. And she also gave really great information about the subscription box model because that is one of her businesses. She runs a subscription box. So if you've been burning the candle on both ends and you're looking for some relief, definitely listen to this episode. So here we go. Hey, Tara, welcome to Pimp Your Brilliance Podcast. Thanks for having me. I am so excited that you said yes, because I've heard so many things about you and what you do and just how amazing your community is. So I'm really excited to have you and to be able to kind of pick your brain and see what you have going on in your business. So let's get started with a bit of your background. Tell us who you are, what you do, what's your thing. Yeah. Well, I am the founder of the Bloom Beautifully box. It's a self-care subscription box uh, for busy women who need a little help uh, focusing on their own self-care. And going along with that, I do, you know, stress management workshops, um, personal development. I host retreats. I really have just focused, you know, 100% of my time these days on helping women to really focus on themselves and make sure that they are uh, the stars of their own life. Ooh, I love that. The stars of their own life. And that is so important. And, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a shift on the just on the internet and kind of the circles that we're in being creative entrepreneurs. And I don't know if you feel that, too, but I feel like there is starting to be this resurgence of interest in self-care where like maybe a few years ago the idea of business like wearing that badge of busyness I'm so busy I have so much to do everybody was like touting oh that you know I don't don't have any time I just have to work 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 but slowly I'm starting to feel like self-care is becoming this thing it's like a buzzword now and everybody wants to do it so why did you get into why were you interested in self-care what what where did the idea of the bloom beautifully box come from Yeah. So I basically became interested in self-care because I was one of those people um, who was burnt out on um, entrepreneurship. And um, I really did not have a good sense of how to take care of myself. Uh, I uh, became a mother early. I was um, in college when I had my first child. I just graduated from college when I had my second child. And so, um, you know, the 
very beginning of my 20s was filled with that transition to motherhood. Um, Shortly thereafter, I got laid off from my um, nonprofit job and um, decided to become an entrepreneur. I was a full-time blogger for about six years. And um, during that time, I really subscribed to that whole, you know, team no sleep. And I was working, you know, pretty much 14 hour days. I was just really trying to do what I had to do to, you know, make a dollar (laughs) for my family and, you know, support my kids. And, you know, obviously I, I had my husband with me, but still like I had, you know, I was the breadwinner. Um, You know, I made more than my husband, you know, at that job. And so I was really trying to um, make up that income with this new blog and all of that. And it was maybe about two, three years into that pace of being an entrepreneur and, you know, chasing um, sponsors for sponsored posts and, you know, writing every day and and sending it out on social media. I mean, that grind every day uh, for about two years. I mean, I really, truly hit a wall. And um, I remember it was really bad. Like, I I remember one day I was on the freeway and uh, a car kind of like swerved into my lane and it missed me. But I remember feeling disappointed that it didn't hit me because I could have gotten some rest like in the hospital, like with a broken leg, right? Like that is ridiculous. Like that's how far gone I was. Cause I was like, oh man, like I would have been forced to, you know, rest and, you know, people could have, you know, I could have gotten a break <laughs> from all of this. Um, and it was like in that moment, I was like, okay, some things have to change because, you know, having hospital fantasies, is not good like that. I cannot operate my life and my business like this. I need to, you know, kind of take control of where I am. And if I'm not going to, you know, take care of myself and prioritize my sanity, you know, what is all of this for? Um, And so that's when I really began, you know, doing, uh, taking better care of myself. And when I say self-care, I don't mean, you know, I started getting manicures regularly and I started um, getting massages, although that can be part of it. But my first step was going to see a therapist. Um, And really, you know, I went uh, every other week at first, uh, twice a month and, you know, eventually went to once a month and every six months and kind of now I just check in as needed. Um, But really doing a lot of intense Um, self-reflection to help me be, you know, not only a great um, mother and a great wife and a great entrepreneur, but just be a great Tara just for myself. Um, That was really my goal with all of this. Oh, you just said so many things that I don't even know where to begin (laughs) with my next question. But, you know, first of all, people laugh at me, but I am team need sleep. Mm-hmm. I know that entrepreneur <laughs> hustle is so big and people are like, oh, you, you can't sleep. You need to do this and work, work, work. And I'm like, I don't function well when I don't sleep. I'm actually kind of, I'm really cranky when I don't get enough sleep. So that that life is not for me. But uh, you said so many real things in there and just the realities of what we do, working online, running these businesses, having family, having kids, um, my story echoes yours really closely because I started, I I only have one child, but I I was pregnant in college and was able to finish on time. But you're right. It just puts you in that grind mindset. And I think some of it is, uh, you know, 
you're that statistic. So you don't want to fail because everybody has something kind of snarky to say about a young mother. Um, And then just kind of trying to find your place in your 20s, which is like a, a time of growth. And then adding on top of that, being an entrepreneur, which is, I mean, a whole nother grind and just craziness in itself. So, you know, what you said really resonates with me on a a personal level because I know what that feels like and I have definitely been there. So why is it that you think women struggle with self-care? I think uh, one of the biggest reasons that women struggle with it is because it really hasn't been taught to be a priority for us. I think a lot of women are socialized to be nurturing, um, not towards themselves necessarily, but towards other people to make sure that everyone else is taken care of, um, make sure that, um, you know, we spend our days and nights, you know, really concerned about the welfare of others, which is a great thing. Um, but I always tell people that like men are experts at self-care. <laughs> like they <laughs> they do not do things they don't want to do. Um, they don't, you know, some of them, yes, will like take one for the team, but it's not an everyday thing. I feel like men are good at keeping their cups full. They know like, hey, um, yeah, I'm wiped out from work. <laughs> you know, like I'm not gonna, you know, add extra stuff onto my plate. Whereas women, we tend to be, we try to be more flexible. We try to be more accommodating. Uh, I think that we are, you know, that there's a, a premium put on, you know, a woman who is nice, right? Like a woman who is um, selfless, you know, and, and a woman who is um, a team player, you know, there's there's a premium put on that. And so we want to be that woman because we think that that's what will get us ahead. Um, we have to, you know, make sure that everybody in our house is taken care of, especially for moms. Um, you know, the motherhood struggle is always, you know, I always hear women like, oh, I can't even go to the bathroom by myself. I can't, you know, I don't have any time for myself. And that's really kind of, you know, what people expect, right? When they have babies, like they, they expect to, um, you know, have to give 110% of themselves um, and they expect to be exhausted at the end of the day. And, you know, it's, it's that expectation that we will sacrifice until, you know, there's nothing left to sacrifice. You know what? I have never once heard a man complain that they can't go to the bathroom Mm -mm. by themselves (laughs) Due to their children. Never yeah. have I heard that. That's not a thing. <laughs> That's not, not a thing. part of their reality. <laughs> but it's a common complaint that I hear from mothers all the time. I mean, you even see little videos of like moms recording themselves from the bathroom with little fingers sticking under the doors or kids opening the doors and knocking on the doors. I've never heard a man complain about that. So oh, that is such a fair point. <laughs> Well, you mentioned earlier about um, you started your self-care personally with going to therapy and things like that. What are a few things that you do now for your self-care? Yeah. So, um, like I said, yeah, I went to therapy. I still go occasionally. I've kind of um, I've seen, you know, a number of different therapists just kind of depending on like where I am or what I need. I'm fortunate to go to this one practice that has maybe like 16 different therapists in it (laughs) and like they all specialize in something else. And, you know, depending on where I am, I'll go see one of them. Um, But, you know, really in those what I've learned from therapy 
um, that currently helps me with my self-care is really how to vocalize what I need. And I think a lot of times that is difficult for women because we're not really focused on that. You know, our minds are so busy and we're so focused on uh, external things. You know, do the kids have, you know, are the kids clothes washed? Do they have food for lunch? You know, what's going to be for dinner? Um, have these bills been paid? We're so focused a lot of times on external things that we're not really focused um, on internal things. So I really try, you know, every day, you know, one of my friends asked me, she said, Tara, do you really do you really do this self-care stuff every day? And I say, yeah, like I I really honestly do. Every morning I wake up and it usually takes me about five or 10 minutes in bed just to kind of do a physical, mental, emotional kind of checklist for myself. And it's every morning I'm like, okay, how do I feel? Did I sleep okay? Is my neck hurting? You know, is, is there pain in my back? Um, you know, did I, do I feel rested? Did I get enough sleep? Do I need to take it easy today? You know, if there was stress, um, on my mind, you know, the day before, you know, I try to take a minute to let that go or come up with a plan um, to, you know, um, solve whatever problem that was on my head. So every morning I kind of do a check in with myself just to say, you know, how are you doing? Um, And be really honest about the answer, because sometimes we push those feelings to the side, you know, we're feeling like we might be slipping into a depressive episode or, you know, things haven't been going right for a while, but we just keep going because we feel like that's what strong women do. Um, but really being honest with myself about, OK, you know, I had a fight with my husband last night and I don't really feel like working today, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> just just being honest with myself and being like, OK, I'm just going to you know give myself some grace and, you know, maybe work on like easier things and I'll handle, you know, the more difficult things, you know, the next day or something like that. But really um, trying to check in with myself every morning is one of my, you know, the best things that I do in terms of self-care. And then also, um, you know, I really place a high value on my friendships um, because, you know, being able to connect with them, being able to um, share, you know, what I'm going through and being able to get that support and feedback from them. That's also something that I was missing before. I know a lot of women say like, oh, I'm so busy. I don't have time to hang out with my friends like I used to. And, you know, we can go months without talking or months without seeing each other. And, you know, that's a common thing that I have said myself. And it wasn't until really I tried to make my friendships more of a priority for myself, um, which isn't easy when, you know, when you're an adult (laughs) with adult responsibilities. Um, But, you know, once I started to make my friendships a priority, I'm telling you, like my life just elevated. It really did because I had those people that I could go to, you know, after I do that check in with myself, if I'm like, oh, man, I, you know, have had a really stressful week. I can go to my friends um, and they will fill me up. They will support me. And the same goes, you know, it goes both ways. If they come to me and I do my best to, you know, affirm them and kind of help them walk through whatever pain and stress that they're currently in. You made, again, so many good points. (laughs) (laughs) I, I love when I get to talk with people and just let them kind of be in their genius zone and talk about the thing that they're really experienced in, because you get so much really great information and a lot of things that I don't think come to the surface when you read blog posts or things 
of that nature. But everything that you said about friendships is so huge, um, especially as entrepreneurs, because that was something that I struggled with very early on was just the loneliness of being a person who works out of their home behind their computer screen. Like there are times I can go an entire week and never leave the house unless I need to like do a mail drop or run to the grocery store and I never see anybody besides my family. Um, that has changed now. Like you said, you know, doing things to that fill up your cup. And for me, I have found, and this is so crazy because I swear I am not an athletic person. I've never really been into anything sports or just anything. And I'm, I'm lazy. I don't like to work out, but um, <laughs> I'm so serious. It's, it's bad. But one of the things that when I became a full-time entrepreneur, I really let my health kind of just go wherever it went. Because again, you're so busy. I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time to run. I don't have time to ride my bike. And just the stress and being home, I put on so much weight. It may not be noticeable to other people because I'm so tall and they haven't, they didn't see me in the beginning. But this year I decided, you know, I'm going to prioritize myself and um, just kind of get things back in balance. And so I've started running and lifting weights, completely changed my life. Like, <laughs> um, and it, it's crazy how you, the things that we deny ourselves, like going to the gym or riding my bike, I don't, I don't want to do that because I have a podcast I need to record or I have so much stuff to do today, but it's like, I never regret, regret a workout when I go and do it. Um, I always come back feeling better and more energized and refreshed. So I've, I've learned to take those feelings and make sure that I'm doing the things that make me happy. And oddly, working out is currently that thing. So Yeah, I've struggled. <laughs> that like work from home weight gain <laughs> is very real, um, particularly like my weight has fluctuated so much since, you know, I started um, working for myself full time. And I will say that, you know, for me, in terms of like physical self-care, um, I had to really let go of the idea that, you know, I was supposed to live at the gym. You know, like I had to let go of, you know, what physical fitness was supposed to look like for me um, and really just do those things physically that I actually enjoyed. Like, I hate the treadmill. I hate it. I hate it so I hate it. So it's so boring. So I really decided um, I'm not running yet, but I do my daily walks <laughs> around the neighborhood. Um, so I'll either, you know, put on Pandora or a podcast or something and I'll walk, you know, two miles in the morning um, just so I know, you know, if I spend like the next hour or two, you know, or three <laughs> straight on the computer, um, you know, I got in a little bit of, you know, movement and exercise and fresh air to start off my day. Because um, I enjoy I enjoy taking my walks and seeing, you know, the leaves change and, you know, I got a pretty peaceful neighborhood. So, um, yeah, doing those things that you like to do, um, you know, you know, breaking a little sweat. <laughs> that's definitely a mood buster for sure. Yes, it definitely is. So if you're not moving your body in some way, you don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to run on the treadmill, but you do have to step away from the screen occasionally. It's important for your physical and mental health. But I want to switch gears a bit because we've talked a lot about self-care, which is great. But I want to get into some of the stuff that you do with your business. So I know you started out as a blogger 
And now you basically have transitioned and you're doing, you have your self-care retreat, you have your workshops that you teach, and now you're selling a physical product as a part of a subscription box service. So how did you prepare to make that pivot from blogger to selling a physical product? It's funny because I feel like I didn't really <laughs> prepare. Um, <clears throat> I, I was a blogger um, for... Oh, goodness, about full time blogger for about six years or so um, when I made the transition into selling a physical product. And I had been in a lot of entrepreneur circles before that, a lot of groups online like um, Lamar Tyler's uh, Traffic Sales and Profit Group. Um, I had been, you know, following a lot of people who had successful physical um, product lines. And so I had just been really kind of taking notes from what I had um, learned, you know, from them, what I've seen them do, what they said, you know, worked for them, what they said didn't quite work. And it's kind of took all of that information, kind of kept it in my back pocket, you know, to execute when it was time to. Um, but really going into the subscription box field, um, there's a, a ton of specific uh, subscription box information out there, you know, how to price your box, how to get your first 25 subscribers, how to get, um, you know, the best pricing for the items in your box, how to, how to market. So there's a lot of uh, specific information, uh, you know, regarding the subscription box model um, that I was just able to just read up on <laughs> and just really just kind of, okay, this is how I'm going to put my stamp on it. This is how, you know, I want my business to look. And I'm still learning. I've been, I launched it in January uh, 2016. So I'm about a year and a half in. And uh, I'm still learning with every box. I learned something new. It's like, okay, don't, you know, I'll do this differently <laughs> moving forward. Or I'll go back to how I did it, you know, last year. I'm always learning, always, you know, willing to tweak things and um, try to put out the best product that I can. Ooh. So you mentioned there's a lot of really specific information about the subscription box model. Any trusted go-to uh, resources? Yeah, well, I think the kind of like the Bible for uh, subscription boxes right now is subscriptionschool.com. Uh, they have everything. <laughs> I mean, everything from how to, you know, where to get your boxes from to, you know, this is what you should say when you're pitching for product to this is how you should price your. They have an actual um, pricing calculator where you say, OK, this is how much I want my box to be. And this and it tells you like, OK, this is how much product should be. This is how much you should spend on shipping. Um, and it really tells you if you do all of these things right, this is your profit per box. I mean, it's uh, subscription school is where I send everybody who asks me questions <laughs> about how to launch. I'm like, just sit on this site for a day and then you have it. <laughs> it then it's good. You're good to go. I can tell you no more than, than they can tell you. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'll definitely make sure I put that in the show notes so people yeah. can go to that website because I love sharing resources with people because there's so much. Google, I tell people all the time, there is no better education than Google U and YouTube University. I'm mm -hmm. telling you, everything you want to know is there. So everything. thank you for sharing that. <laughs> everything. People think that I'm lying when I say it, but I'm so serious. So with your subscription box, um, can you give us kind of like, tell us how yours specifically works so you don't do a monthly subscription? 
Yeah. So this year I started, uh, we're still a bi-monthly box. So we ship every other month. Um, you get a new box every other month. Um, but I started shipping uh, monthly. So I ship the same box twice. Um, so I have the same box, January, February, same box, March, April, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I really just did it that way so that, you know, the time frame um, from when you first sign up for a box. So it isn't so long um, because I don't I didn't like people really signing up for a box, let's say, in um, the end of January and you wouldn't get a box until, you know, March. So now, you know, you sign up at the beginning of January, you get a box in February. Um it's just a way to kind of get the first box out to you faster because with the box, you know, I, I really didn't want it to just be a subscription box. Like I really wanted it to just be the box to be an entry point um, for a larger discussion about self-care. So once you sign up for a box and whether it's a subscription, I also have boxes available uh, for purchase, just a one-time purchase. You don't have to have a subscription. Um, but once you purchase a box and you get access to our private um, Facebook group, you get on the uh, mailing list for the weekly affirmations where I kind of give you homework every week. Um, you get discounts to our annual retreat. Um, so once you are in uh the, the sisterhood. <laughs> um, there's a lot of other perks that come along with it. Um, so I really wanted people to not just get a box and then like, you know, take a bath <laughs> with the bath bombs or whatever, but, you know, get a box, take a bath um, and really begin to think about, OK, well, how I have this box now. I have this group of women now in my life who you know are rooting for me. How can I show up more fully for myself and how can I um, move from being a supporting player to being, you know, the um, the featured uh, actor in my own life? I have heard about your group. Uh, we have, you know, Siobhan. Siobhan Sudbury of Be Free Project is a mutual friend of ours. And mm -hmm. she always talks about, she's like, Tara's group is so lit. She's like, the ladies are in there. They're on fire about self-care and they're sharing and they're supporting each other. And everybody just trusts each other. It's so nice. And so um, one, high five for being able to cultivate that community. But what do you feel, um, what do you feel like is your responsibility as kind of the cultivator of that community and how do you instill that type of trust in your customer base? Yeah, I think that um, and I really, you know, before I launched this box, I really thought about, well, what are my gifts and, and what am I really good at? And I looked back, you know, over my whole professional career and building community is that's what I do. Like, I'm very good. Um, you know, I have no rhythm. <laughs> I can't dance. You know, I can't sing, but I can build communities. <laughs> that That is my talent. Um, and so, you know, I really, my box attracts, you know, a certain woman, you know, it attracts a woman who is, you know, thinking about how do I do more for myself and how do I, um, how do I, you know, take care of myself, you know, in the same way that I'm giving this energy to everyone else in my life. And so once they are a part of the group, you know, I have only a few guidelines, really. Um, and it's really just to be respectful. Um, you know, if you can, you know, make sure that you don't leave somebody hanging. You know, if you see somebody has posted something and they haven't gotten a uh, response or anything yet, if you are able to, you know, leave a message for them and support advice or whatever you you know want to give them, uh, please do. And we have had this group going on two years now, and I haven't, I mean, 
I haven't had to block anyone. I haven't had to turn comments off on a post. I haven't had to delete any posts. Um, It's just been a really strong, supportive space for women um, where, you know, we just show up for each other and we just love on each other and we celebrate our wins together. We just really try to help each other get to that next level where we're all, you know, um, just completely at ease and, and happy with where we are. And that's that's such a rare thing to find on Facebook because I'm, I'm a part of tons of groups and there's mm-hmm. always <laughs> some kind of drama. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. so much drama it in is. Facebook groups. And it, it it's is. funny because, you know, these, these entrepreneurial circles are so small. I mean, we feel like we're in like a small fish in, in a big pond, but I mean, really, it's more like a fish tank than an actual pond because we're all connected because this space is kind of new. Um, so, you know, there'll be drama going on in a group and it's not crazy if I get like a text message and somebody's like, did you see that post in so-and-so's group? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> I did not go in that group today. Yes. There's too much going on in there. So, you know, you being able to cultivate a community that's supportive and everybody's nice and respectful, that is really kind of rare. And that, that does speak to your gift as somebody who can build communities. So kudos for that. So what do you think with the self-care box and your community, all the things that you've done, what do you feel have been your keys to success? Ooh, um, I think my biggest key to success has really just been my, um, my willingness, I think, to like lean on my gifts. Like I know that I'm a very, um, I'm an empath, you know, I am great at building community. I, I really, you know, I tell this story uh, often when I was younger, like one of my favorite games to play was homeless woman. And so, you know, my sister would like be in the hallway and I would like invite her into my room and she was like a homeless person. And so like, I would feed her and I would like give her clothes and I would like, make her soup and I would like put on her favorite, you know, what she wanted to watch. Like I would just, (laughs) I just liked to take care of people like that. um, That was what I just love to do. I just love to take care of people. (laughs) So um, I just really have just leaned on that, you know, and being myself, because I know that there are a lot of other people, a lot of other black women who are doing amazing things in this wellness arena. Um, and they are doing it their own way as well. And I had to not compare myself to them or not try to mimic what they're doing, but do, you know, put the product out in the world that I wanted to put out um, and, you know, have the focus be on you know, my authentic self and not what I thought, you know, people wanted to see out of a self-care coach, um, but just really to um focus on what my gifts and what my strengths were and not kind of chase trends or, um, you know, try to be somebody that I'm not. Now I want to flip that question on its head. What have been some of your challenges? Oh, I think (laughs) one of my biggest challenges for sure is having to really operate with the mindset of, you know, this isn't, it's easier 
don't know if I say if it's easier, but when I was a, bl- a full-time blogger, um, you know, people would read my blog and they would feel connected to me. And, you know, I had gotten comfortable, you know, where I was. I was, you know, I didn't, people knew my blog and they knew me and they knew what I stood for. And since I transitioned into a, you know, a new arena of actually having to sell things and, and, you know, keep customers happy and anticipate, you know, their needs. I think one of my biggest struggles and challenges was to just own the fact that I am doing this now, (laughs) you know, and to, um, because even, you know, maybe six months into having this company, like I still thought of myself as a blogger who owned a subscription box versus even though I wasn't even blogging anymore. (laughs) But I still, you know, I had to shed that the comfort of I know what I'm doing as a blogger. I know, you know, how to pitch and and have, you know, a, a partnership with a brand. I know how to go on a press trip. I know how to do all of these things. And so to go into this new world where it's like, okay, I have to set up like an abandoned cart email, like the <laughs> funnel, or I have to, you know, how long should coupon codes be good for? And, you know, really just had to accept that I am going to make mistakes because I have never done this before. And instead of letting those mistakes, you know, um, keep me in bed, like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. But to really be like, okay, I know what not to do next time. And just really, um, bounce back a little faster from setbacks because, you know, if you're not failing, I think you're not learning. (laughs) Um, and so I had to understand with with every mistake, with every oops, you know, as opportunity. So um, just really trying to get my mindset around that, around like, hey, you don't know what you're doing, but one day, <laughs> the only way to know what you're doing is to, you know, mess up a few times, and then you're like, okay, I, I think I got it now. Yes, one of my favorite quotes quotes goes something to the effect of like ever fail ever try fail better is basically how it ends i'm gonna have to find it now (laughs) now i want to put it in the show notes but it's it's that whole idea of like you just keep on failing because each time you get better so you're going to fail better than you did last time and changing that perception that failure is always negative because it's not um it's there's a learning lesson if you don't fail then you don't learn and that's most important so we're kind of wrapping things up. But I want to know, um, you've been doing the self-care box a little bit over a year. You've blogged, you have your self-care retreat that sold out. And some of my friends who are, who got tickets before it sold out, they're raving about how much they can't wait to go there because uh, it's going to be New Orleans. But what do you feel has been the most important lesson that you've learned through all of this that you're doing? I think the most important lesson that I've learned is that, um, I am capable and I really had to learn to give myself more credit. I think it's hard sometimes, especially for, you know, anybody in any field, really, but particularly entrepreneurs, as I tell my husband every day, like I'm making all of this stuff up <laughs> as I go along. Like I'm, I made up this job. I made up this retreat. Like I'm making up all this stuff. And, you know, some of it's magic, some of it isn't. Um, and I'm I'm trying to um, understand that um, sometimes I can make magic, right? Like sometimes um, 
I might stumble into it, <laughs> but it's still magic, you know, nonetheless. And um, I, I think that trying to get over self-doubt and, you know, kind of questioning your intuition and, and questioning your gut reaction to things, um, you know, learning to move past that and really, you know, understand that I know some things and I've, I've done some things um, and that experience travels with me. And I think that, you know, we all have to remember that Oprah didn't start out with a media empire. You know, she started out, you know, anchoring uh, like local news, local television and grew it to, you know, the empire that she has today. You know, Beyonce started out singing at her mother's hair salon and now she has worldwide stadium tours. And so, you know, all of that experience, it, it's all um, cumulative and it will all help you get to where you want to be. But you just you really have to make sure that you believe in yourself and you believe in, in that experience that you've had. Exactly. That is so true. And the, the piece about Beyonce, I always tell people when I was in high school, I saw Beyonce or actually I saw Destiny's Child singing at the Florida Mall. Which for, I, I grew up in Orlando, Florida. So, I mean, our city is a, a huge tu- tourist city. So the Florida Mall is like the, well, at the time, it was like the biggest mall in Orlando. But still, I got an autograph and everything. I saw them singing on a little collapsible stage at the Florida Mall. <laughs> Nobody is ever going to see Beyonce singing at the Florida Mall again, I guarantee you. Yeah. Mm-mm. No, not so, likely. <laughs> no. So we you all we all have to start on the ground floor. The way that I like to kind of wrap up the show, I, I have two final questions. But for you, uh, there's kind of a bonus question in one of the questions. So the Pimp Your Brilliance Action Challenge, which is I ask everybody to give three tips that you would give to somebody who is interested in doing something similar. So for you, three tips that you would give to somebody who is interested in starting a subscription box service, what would they be? Um, I would really say if you're interested in launching a subscription box, I would say one is to really look at um, the competition because the subscription box market, you know, it's it's becoming, you know, a little more saturated um, as more people are exposed to it. And, you know, it's a really great business model. You know, recurring revenue is, you know, fantastic <laughs> business model. Um, and so really think about, you know, what you're doing um, that makes you different from the next person. Because, you know, I launched my box and I'm sure, you know, I came across a few boxes that were self-care focused. Um, they're all slightly different from mine. Um, but I really decided, you know, to kind of put my my mark on it by, you know, having the, um, the box not just be, you know, the end product, but kind of be a means to an end and an entry point into a broader world. And so, you know, that's my first uh, suggestion is to really um, research your, your the market and see, you know, where you're actually going to um, fit in and how you're going to make that box stand out. Because otherwise you'll be spinning your wheels wondering why nobody's buying your box when there's, you know, four other boxes that are identical, might be cheaper um, and have a, a stronger track record. So just make sure that you are uh, scoping out the the marketplace first. Um, And I'll also say, you know, think about your plans to scale it. um, Because I think that, you know, you want to think about what comes next, 
um, because you're going to have, you know, a nice, you know, if you do it right with, with a subscription box, you'll have a nice base of people who are um, loyal, you know, to your brand and, and your product. And so what, what comes next? Do you want to expand to other boxes? Do you want to do, um, you know, what, what does your, you know, maybe not five year plan, but, you know, maybe two year plan. What does that look like for you? Um, and then my last question or last tip would probably be, I, I feel like I would not be um, the self-care coach <laughs> that I am if I didn't say um, make sure that you are structuring your business in a, such a way that it does not consume you. Um, I think that, you know, with a subscription box, particularly if you choose a monthly model, those first few months are going to be hectic and you are going to, you know, you're going to make a few mistakes, um, but that's part of the process. But really, you know, make sure that you structure your business in a way that either you um, have people help you in exchange, you know, for free boxes or, or however you can swing it financially, um, but to structure it in a way that you're not putting yourself on a fast path to burnout. Those would be my my three tips. And that, that leads into the second part of the question I wanted to ask you. So the other part of the Pin Peer Brilliance Action Challenge, what would you suggest for someone who needs to start prioritizing their self-care? A couple of tips. Yeah. Um, if you need to start prioritizing your self-care, I think the first thing that I would do um I think our emotions clue us into things that we're not even consciously aware of. So, for example, a lot of women are angry. Um, you know, they, they have a lot of anger in their day to day lives. And I think that anger is an awesome emotion because anger is a signal that something is unfair. Something's out of whack. Something's out of balance in our lives. Um, so if you find, you know, even in your home that you're upset with your husband or your boyfriend or your partner, you're upset, you know, the kids are driving you crazy all the time, even when they're just doing kid like things. Um, you know, what does that emotion mean? What what does that anchor really mean? Um, and that kind of goes back to what I said about, you know, kind of doing the daily check-ins with yourself and seeing how you're doing and why do you feel angry and why are you, you know, why are you feeling uh, overwhelmed or why are you feeling exhausted? And a lot of times, you know, all of those things are um, mental things that you can kind of begin to work out um, inside yourself and then take that information and then um, form some really good, healthy boundaries around them. Um, so, for example, you know, with um, entrepreneurs, you know, it's very easy to not have any boundaries in the beginning. Um, it's very easy to not have any boundaries. So, um, you know, one thing that I would say is you have to have a time to shut things off, shut things down. I have a alarm on my phone. It goes off every night at 930. I'm not usually still working at 930, but it's like it's my, you know, get ready to go to bed alarm um, so I can go, you know, take my shower. I can, you know, do some meditation or whatever it is that I'm going to do to kind of get my mind ready, kind of signal to myself, signal to my body we're about to go to sleep now. So please cooperate. <laughs> um, you know, I, I want to get a good night's sleep. Um, so, you know, making sure that you kind of look at and kind of assess where you are in your life. 
um, tapping into your emotions. You know, are you angry? Are you tired? Are you um, overwhelmed, frustrated? And then using that information to create boundaries. So I'm not going to work, you know, tell yourself I'm not going to work past 9 p.m. or I'm not going to work on Saturdays or um, I am not I'm going to set up um you know, email responses and things like that so that I don't have to keep wasting or spending too much time, you know, answering the same questions over and over again. Um, So I think, you know, coming up with where you need boundaries and then, you know, creating boundaries. um, I think those are the two first steps that people can use to really kind of get their self-care under control. Awesome. Are you a reader at all? Do you like to read? I love to read. I love to read. So are there any books that you're reading currently or any books that you've recently read that have blown your mind? Yeah. Um, One book that I read and I don't even I feel like I um, read it like an essay from it and I just bought it on Amazon. But I'm reading uh, Alice Walker's um, In In Search of My Mother's Gardens. I think that's the title. And it was written, um, oh my goodness, probably in the 70s, I think. Um, And I've just been really, uh, I wasn't published, I looked it up. (laughs) It was published in the early 80s, so before I was even born. Um, But it was just a really fantastic look, uh, particularly for Black women, a fantastic look at creativity and um, even, you know, self-care, self-love and self-definition that I just I recommend every black woman reads it if they haven't already. Awesome. So I'm going to add that to my list and to the show notes. I love asking people about what they're reading because you get such diverse uh, recommendations and perspectives. All right. So. That was my last question. Um, If listeners want to get in contact with you or find out more about what you do, where can they find you online? Yeah, they can find me on um, Facebook and Twitter at Where Women Bloom. And you can find me on Instagram at The Self Care Box. And your website address? The website is TheRenaissanceSuite.com. Awesome. Well, this was great. I love all the recommendations you gave and you gave such great information. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing to do this interview because self-care is important. And I'm, I'm glad that we had a chance to talk in and give some great suggestions for people to get started. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. All right, guys. Well, if you have more questions, definitely check out Tara's website. If you want to know some of the resources we talked about, then definitely hit up the website and check out the show notes for Tara's episode. And that's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Learn more about this show and get access to show notes by visiting keepchasingastars.com. While you're there, make sure you subscribe for updates. I'll be back next week. And in the meantime, go out there and pimp your brilliance.